Alright, we're here. Oh, suspense. <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to um, the latest episode of Cold Calling. Um, we're calling it Cold Calling Q&A this time because we're, we're going to spin it a little bit and make this more of a Q&A today. Um, as always, I am um, really pleased to be joined by Morgan. Um, if you don't know Morgan, I'm sure literally everybody does, but just in case you don't, he's the VP of Go-To-Market Talent and Development at Sales Impact Academy, and is pretty much the biggest person on LinkedIn ever. Um, so he, um, yeah, like it's always a real pleasure um, um, having you on, Morgan. I don't know whether there's anything that I missed there. No, you're good. I'm excited to be here. Uh, for those of you that were here last time, uh, we had a good time. So we're really just diving into Q&A. We're not going to do any mock cold calls, but if you have any questions, feel free to chime in. And also as well, we wanted to get a, I want to get a sense because David, we had some, we had some people who this was like their fifth, last time was like their fifth cold calling webinar with us, which was pretty cool. So I'm curious, like, where is everybody at right now? Like, is your first one? Is your second one? You belong to every single one. I'm just curious in the chat, you know what, you know what the what the rate is right here because I'm actually just curious. But whoever has a question, feel free to put it in the Q and A, uh, and then we can just go from there. Yeah, let us know know how loyal you are. We we actually spoke on the second time we did this, Morgan, about getting merch. So if anybody has, if anybody, if there's a merch company out there, maybe we need to start getting some cold calling live merch. <laughs> hey, on look, the go. it's um, on the bucket. <laughs> um so yeah as morgan said um please um jump in the chat ask questions there's also a specific in the q a section I'd, um we, you can click on the and you can actually thumbs up um the any questions that you really like the look of so maybe you don't have a question yourself um but you but you know someone else put something in there and that's gonna be a really good indicator to us as to um whether like you know you guys what questions we should be prioritizing today so throw them in there um do the video q a's as well because we want to see some of your some of your amazing faces that'd be awesome um cool looks like we're kicking off straight away unless there's any other um housekeeping to do morgan i think we're good to go so let's get into the questions all right so question number one from I'm going to say, I'm going to pronounce this toy. Um, I hope that's correct. I hope I haven't butchered that. But hi, my question is, what if you call a prospect and they don't speak a word of English and they are the one you need to speak to? Morgan, have you ever had to deal with that before? <laughs> oh, this one's really tough. <laughs> uh, I have. I have. So uh, quick story here. I was calling into Canada and we had realized as SDRs that Canada or Toronto to be more to be more clear was a really good spot for us to get prospects like people were booking meetings left to right with toronto so everyone would start to go in there because like the, the news started getting out so toronto got tapped and so we're like okay we can still go in canada right so we started calling in quebec now i don't know if any of you have ever been to quebec before but they mostly speak french right <laughs> so it's it's actually the law in Quebec. You have to, everything has to be written in, in French. They protect that at all costs. So, yeah. Yeah. So I cold called somebody and it was, they only spoke French. And I was like, okay, like clearly there's like, there's like nothing that I could do. So when they're on, when, when someone is speaking in another language, like there isn't much you could do unless like you could quickly get like voice translator and somehow do that. I mean, if so, some of y'all have done that before, that's amazing. What I do in this case is, I 
I hang up the phone because there's nothing I can do. And then I follow up via email and try to send an email in French or maybe find somebody who speaks French and try to just say, hey, following up on uh, misalignment or like following up after speaking English to you or something. And then I try to send an email uh, that is related to their language in some degree. Uh, that's that's the way that I have handled it. I didn't call Quebec that much after that incident because I, I don't speak the language. So I was like, I'm going to go somewhere else where I can actually speak the language. So that's that's me. That's how I held with it. it. Yeah, I think uh, picking your battles makes sense, right? Like if I can't if I can't speak the language, I'm not going to call them. Um, I um, we're really lucky here at Congress. We've got a bunch of multilingual individuals um right here in the office with us. So you tend to know who the who speaks what language. Um, and it is a case of just chucking the phone at them and just offering them like yeah. half the commission at the, at the back end if it goes well. So um, yeah. But other than that, I'm not sure not sure what else you can do here. Um. Yeah. Um, all right. If there's any other ideas, please comment that in the chat. That's what I want to know. Um, all right. Only half. Yeah, Joe, look, I'm stingy. Um, <laughs> I, I found the prospect on LinkedIn. That's half the work, no? That's, that's my view. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got another question. Let's um, let's jump to another question. Ah, here we go. Perfect. So, um, uh, Okay, my pronunciation of names is going to be awful. I'm really, really sorry, but I think this is Uahid. Thanks for for joining us. And um, his question is, what type of hook do you suggest? Any advice on hooks, Morgan? I guess could we clarify? I'm curious what David. When you think of hooks, are you thinking about the intro or like post intro? Because I think people think of hooks differently. So I'm trying to make sure we answer it correctly. Yeah. So for me, the hook would always be post the hey my name's dave from cogn you know i'm calling past the intro yeah okay yeah. Cool. i just want to make sure because some people think some people some people are like here's the hook to like the intro so that that's why i just want to make sure we were saying the right thing before i went into it so i would say the hook your best hook there isn't first of all there isn't like a silver bullet hook let's just i'm gonna just put it there because if you're looking for that it's just typically not going to happen there are frameworks of a hook that you could do to be successful. So this would, I would write this down versus me telling you what to say. I'm going to tell you what to do so you can find out what to say. So there's two components that you can go into. One is the, like, I would say clue-based hook. What I mean by that is as a salesperson, I always tell people you're a detective. Your job is to find clues that the person has on their LinkedIn profile or their posts. Or something that you found on the website that can be a, that can be a clue to hook them in. So I'll give an example of what that would be. So you do your intro and they say, Hey, like, why are you calling me? Yeah. Reason that I called is I looked at your website. looks like you're hiring about 10 SDRs right now. And typically what I see that, that means you're probably looking for some type of coaching or enablement so that you could ramp these reps accordingly. Right. And then I would go into like my value prop on how I help with that. That would be a really good hook. Right. So that's a clue based hook. I found a clue from the website or from the person and I looped it in. Second thing is I'll do a question based hook. So this is a question. And we heard this on if you were on the last call that we had, someone had a, someone did an excellent job on this. They asked a question that really opened up the conversation. So I might ask like, hey, like. I'm curious, like I noticed that you're or you can even just ask a question. I'm curious, like, how are you currently onboarding your reps effectively to make sure that they're ramping? Or how are you making sure that you're doing a cohesive social selling strategy that's leading to a consistent pipeline? So I'm asking a question that I know that they might have the answer to, 
but it shows that I know their role and I know their pain points. So when you're thinking of hooks, you think of it in two frameworks, clue-based hook and a question-based hook. And that should be able to determine what you need there. So David, curious to see what, what you're telling your team. No, I'd, I'd echo that completely. I think um, we, we like the typically statements followed by a pain point and, yep. and doing like more than one, right? So typically people, um, you know, typically salespeople are telling me that they're, uh, they've got great messaging, but they're not getting through to enough of our, uh, they're not having enough conversations with their prospects. Um, you know, does that resonate? And, and um, I think one thing that's been really interesting is like, I've seen a lot of commentary on how um, sometimes salespeople have gone so far over when it comes to like personalization, where they're going in with like, hey, I can see on your LinkedIn profile, you like tennis. By the way, have you seen, have you seen this, um, uh, you know, have you, have you, have you ever heard of Cognizant, right? And, yep. and the issue with that is there's no relevance. And so it just seems forced. And it's like you're forcing some level of personalization to try and like capture their attention. Um, so we, you know, we're really, we're really big or I'm really big on, on, you know, ideally you've, you can personalize it and you can see that they use, they like tennis and then, you know, build a narrative around that, that could really stand out. But ultimately like relevance is going to be super important. And as you mentioned, focusing on pain, um, or focusing on potential pains that they might have is a, is a really good way of starting to open up the conversation from, from my perspective. Yeah, that's an excellent point as well. That's awesome. Okay, we have got, ah, perfect. Josh, I can pronounce that name. I hope I haven't got that. If I butchered <laughs> that one. If you butcher that one, right. it's, it's yeah, over for you. Should, <laughs> I'm moving on. Um, all right. Um, Josh, let us know. Um, so how would you respond to the classic, this is my personal number, don't call me? And mm. we don't have that business number available. Mm. So, oh my gosh, this one, there's just so many ways to go about this one. So when you get this one, hey, this is my personal number, don't call me. You can just, there's two ways of doing this. You can simply follow up and say, hey, didn't mean to catch you out of the blue. Didn't know that you don't like cold calls. What would be the preferred method of communication for us moving forward? Now, that's not like my favorite one, but it, but it allows you to just quickly shift into what you're going to go into, which is like an email, right? And then you could figure out how to do it from there. Now, the other part of this is saying, hey, like, I know that this was your personal number. Didn't mean to, I didn't mean to disturb you by any means. However... Uh, do you have like 30 seconds to just hear me out real quick? Uh, and then if this isn't relevant, you can hang up on me. But if it is relevant, we can schedule time and I won't cold call you ever again. That's a way that you can at least present your value prop and see if they're interested at all. And then from there, if you schedule time, then, you know, you won't ever, they won't ever get that call, right? You can go to another method of communication. Those are the two ways I handle that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I I tend to agree. I think like this is um, obviously as a company that sells phone numbers and emails and, and that is our business. Like we get this a ton um, just because the amount of availability that we have. And I think I think first thing we, we need to recognize the tone um, kind of as Morgan said, like if if you have a prospect and they're like, Oi, this is my personal number. Don't ever call me again. You can tell they're like seriously seething. Like, let's just respect that like and 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 be like i'm so so sorry i did not realize um i'll drop you over an email and um instead and and you know hope that they're like they don't yeah. kind of push back on the email 
part either but if it's a little bit more like hey um this is actually my personal number like like you know i, I don't understand why you're calling me and it's more of like a question you can kind of hear it in that tone it's more of a question i'd go down the, the second route like, like you mentioned morgan just more like um i mean often it's i'm so so sorry you know always i'm so so sorry um I, we can't i couldn't actually tell whether it was a business or or phone number this is just the one that i have for you um but you know while i do have you could i have is there any chance i have 30 seconds but recognizing tone is going to be critical in making sure that you're like you know you're going down the right going down actually, down the right route with the prospect i actually love that you said that um the tone piece because i think that's that's critical right on which path you want to go so i definitely hope that you all like wrote that piece down from David. I'm curious how other people handle this as well. When you get, Hey, there's a personal number. Don't call me. Let us know in the chat, but those are good answers. Awesome. God, they just keep coming. Don't I, they? My, hey, like, marketing's I, got I, us. We don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for it for a second. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Um, Deepak, um, how do you handle that? I'm just about to jump into a meeting objection. Mm. Okay. Should just, can I, I'm going to say my piece no. on this because I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about this one. Um, <laughs> the, okay. Um, if someone has picked up the phone, then they have at least 10 seconds. My, uh, I got, I never, ever get called. Um, I never, ever get called by my family members during the working day because they know I'm busy. So um, when they do call me, it usually means that it's something important. And just before this, literally one minute before coming on, my dad, I got a call from my dad and it was something really super unimportant. But I still had the 10 seconds of time, even though I was just about to jump on this, to at least have like the tiniest conversation with him. Otherwise, I just wouldn't have picked it up altogether. So that is usually nine times out of 10, uh, or 99 times 100 that is just an emotional reaction to them starting to work out the fact that you're a salesperson and people don't like to get sold to um naturally and it's and it's a very emotional reaction so um for for me the way to handle it is you know based on those assumptions that i'm making um and you'll be, again like it goes back to tone you'll be able to tell if they're really really busy but um it, it you know because it is emotional uh, reaction like the main thing is to validate their feelings, right? Hmm. I'm so, so sorry. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm so, so sorry to catch you at a bad time. Um, like I'll be really quick. That's basically how I answer everything because I kind of know that really it's, you know, most of the time it feels like it's more likely to just be a bit more of a brush off. Yeah. I find, and Morgan, you can definitely disagree with me on this. I find that a lot of people and, and what people are giving advice on is, is saying like, you know, um, just respect them and say like when would be a better time to call um but like you know for me i've got them on the phone right there and then and i want to take full advantage of that because you never yeah. know even if we organize something later like by the time we've organized like a good time and everything else i could have just i could could have given the, the the hook right and and started started the process so that's my personal view um something i feel very passionate about as you could tell um, yes, i would love yes. to hear what you've got morgan so um, if I were to do, if I was going to disagree with you, I, I would, but I do not disagree with you. I am also very fired up about this topic and I want to paint a scenario for you all. This is when I was like, this objection is ridiculous. So everyone here, like what's everyone's rules? Can you just put them in the chat? I'm just curious. I just want to see what we're dealing with here. I believe everyone's probably like an AE or SDR. I mean, we have some managers in here. I think we met some business owners. What's your role? Just put it in the chat. I just want to give you all a perspective here. Okay, great. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you all this. Okay, cool. I'm going to give you this perspective. Imagine if you're, law. we love to see Yeah, it. we love it. So <laughs> you're an S you're an SDR and 
it, it's I, it's for it's both, right? I'm just about to hop in a meeting, or I'm even going into meeting. You're an SDR, and uh, you answer. Uh, or you're a manager. It doesn't matter. Enablement for for all three of you, but really an SDR. You answer a random cold call. You don't know the number, and your manager's like, "Where are you?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just on this random phone call right now." <laughs> or even even worse, when people say, "I'm just in a meeting." Imagine you're an SDR. You're doing a one-on-one with your SDR manager, and you're like, "Hey, can you just one second? Can I just take this phone call where I don't actually know this person and this number? I'm just going to answer this real quick." How many of you managers would be like, "What is going on?" Or potentially fire this person? You'd be like, "What is this person doing?" Right? So, like, you got to think about this. Like, as an SDR, you would never pick up the phone in the middle of your one-on-ones. You would never do that in the middle of a meeting. So, when I hear this, I'm heading into a meeting, or I'm even in a meeting. It's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like, period. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So to Dan- David's point, you have to think about, I have 10 to 20 seconds to talk to this person. Now, what I do is, is a little out there, David. I don't know if they're ready for this one. No, this is, no, this is this is legitimately what I have done. This is what, uh, what, what David already said is what one of my recommendations are. So I don't want to repeat. I just want to give you something a little bit outside the box. But I don't know if y'all are ready for it. I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't know if y'all are ready for this one. So I mean, if you are, you can let me know in the chat. Be like, ready? Because like, I just, I don't know, Josh. I don't know. I really don't know if y'all are ready for this one. So, all right. If you try this, hit me up. I'd love to hear your feedback. I've had people try this, by the way, and it's worked out for them. Uh, but in some regions, it may not work as well. So I'm giving all, I'm giving all the context before we go into this. So. I got really frustrated one day. Everyone kept telling me they were hopping into a meeting, in a meeting, and I was like, this is ridiculous, right? So this is really more so like when they're in a meeting, uh, but even if they're heading into a meeting, you could do this as well and have some fun with it. So let's say they're in a meeting or heading to the meeting, but we'll use in a meeting because this is kind of very similar. So if they say, hey, I'm in a meeting, I say, "Um, I'm in a meeting too. And then I say, "I'm, I'm actually sitting here with my manager and we've been talking about uh, this account and there's a couple of things that we've um, we've identified. And so if you want to put us on speaker and we can speak to the everyone in the meeting, we'd be more than happy to have that conversation. Now that changes, like I'm telling you, that changes everything. Cause then all of a sudden they're not in a meeting. <laughs> they're like, uh, uh, yeah, like I can chat. Like they're just not in a meeting anymore. Right. So they, yeah, put me on speakerphone then. I'll, I mean, that, think about that though. Put me on speakerphone. If you're in a meeting, it's probably everybody you want to talk to anyways. Put me on speakerphone. I'll tell you what we're about. If it's relevant, we can meet with all of you. Now, that you got to have, you got to deliver that in the right way. But like, that's why I said this is not for everyone, but I have done it before. And like, there is one person who did put me on speaker and they actually were in a meeting. And so that was, that was, a, that was, you a, had everybody in one place. You had the whole had decision making body in one place. I had everybody in one place. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm about it. But Again, Joe, you have to, that's why I said, I I gave a lot of context before I said it. You have to be, you have to deliver it in a certain way that is, uh, has a certain tone and certain confidence. But again, when you say, Hey, I'm in a meeting too. I just put myself in their same position. Like, Oh yeah, I'm in a meeting too. Yeah. It's just like, if we're just going to do this conversation, we're both going to be in a meeting. So again, gutsy, it's bold, but I've done it before. Other people that I've coached have done it before. uh, And I've seen it be successful. So. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I've just seen as well, while you were saying all that, I just took a look at the chat and Josh has put an uh, like an absolute killer one. Um, 
I'm just about to jump into a meeting. Josh is going, hope I can get you out of that boring meeting, right? Tackling, tackling objections with humors, especially emotional objections is super, super powerful. I absolutely love that one, Josh. Thanks for sharing. That's a good one. Um, okay. And also keep throwing in the stuff that you think you guys think, because as much as Morgan's a bit of an expert, like we, we always love, there's so many ways of spinning these things. So we want to hear, hear them. Um, how do you create Eri? Thank you for um, posting your question, Eri. How do you create urgency if a client has postponed a demo multiple times? Morgan, do you want to, what, what, what would you do here? Hmm. They postponed the demo multiple times. This goes into a different comp. This is a little bit of a different conversation. Um, you one, you need to strip line them. Or two, I would send them a video. Because here's the thing. You there's not much you could create urgency on if this is the first. There's a lot of context here. If this is like a they postponed the demo and this is like the second or third call, maybe you have a chance to create some urgency. But you, if you this is the first call, you don't have anything to create urgency on. You don't really know anything yet. So there's no way you can drive any type of or create any type of urgency because there's nothing there because you haven't done any discovery yet. So let's just I'm gonna act as this this is an initial call. So the first thing that you do is you strip line. And so what strip line is essentially okay so after discovery so i'm changing my answer so what you need to do is then go back to what you did discovery on so you should have uncovered a couple things that have that will drive urgency this is important for everybody to know you cannot create urgency you cannot do this you you can't create urgency out of thin air and if you try to it's not going to work because what's going to happen is you're creating urgency that's what you believe is urgent but not what the prospect or future client is urgent so they're going to ignore you or even get annoyed. So in order to get this, you have to, in discovery, you have to uncover what is urgent and then drive on that urgency. Now, that is a completely different conversation. But in terms of the theory, think about uncovering and driving versus creating. You can't create it, but you can uncover it and you can drive it. So ultimately, what you're looking to do here is on your first call, find the things that would, would be driving urgency and use those to get the person back on the line. You can strip line them and say, hey, it looks like it isn't a fit right now uh, and say, you know, and so they can you know, move forward and say, hey, it's not. Or two, you can always send them a video and talk about what you've learned so far and why, hey, look, this is a demo we need to do based on what you've learned. But you can't create urgency if you don't have anything from discovery. Couldn't agree more. I'm interested in what the chat or like the most amount of time someone's rescheduled um, for them before actually turning up. Like, has anybody got like a, you know, a case where it's like 25 reschedules or is like, I really want to, so if anybody in the chat posted that, that'd be great to hear. But I think, I think like my, my main piece of advice here is it, you, um, Morgan's using this word um, strip lining, which I've never heard before, but I, I, um, I think, yeah, definitely referring back to any pains you've identified, but at a certain point also, the, the, the key piece of advice here is that at a certain point, please remember that 
like you're you're gonna be they're wasting your time right and your time is valuable and there are there are lots of other pros prospects hopefully who might actually take a demo if you focus your time there so it's finding that balance 15 wow okay um it's finding crazy. that balance yeah and 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 again and what i find you know some some of my SDRs doing sometimes is they you know they have a prospect who just who just keep postponing and postponing and postponing and that's because they have all the control and uh, the reason they feel like they have all the control is because we're like pandering to them like so much and so um and so yeah at a certain point and it you know morgan's called it strip lining but do remember to change your tone from like hey when would be a good time that will work for you and like you know being that that nice you know cuteness around like um uh salesperson and refocus it and change your tone and just be like hey look like you know are you even interested in this i've done that before where i've kind of i've i've I, you know i've called a prospect up and i've said look we've done this seven times now like i'm um, you know i at this point like is this is this what we you know do you Relevant. want it yeah. yeah like do you even remember who we are um so do remember at a certain point please just um you know don't be afraid to change your tone and and call out the prospects and and because you never know. So you, we, I think we've all been there where we've got prospects that are just saying yes to you because they, they're yes people, they're people pleasers that just want to say yes to a salesperson, um, but just to continue to not show up and, and, and waste everybody's time. So um, please do remember that. I would, like, if, in terms of a benchmark, I suppose another thing that I'm interested in is what people would say is a benchmark for how many times um, you're willing to see postponements until you, like, you would kind of strip line them. As, as you say, Morgan, do you have any... Do you have like a benchmark yeah, or is it really case by case? I do. Um, I would say, and this is an important point that we're making here for everybody. Please do not get emotional about your pipeline. Once you start getting emotional, you follow up with someone way too many times. And then you start having what I call fireside chats. You don't want to have that. It's just a waste of your time. <laughs> like, like we're talking about. So my number is three. Once it goes past three, unless there's a very unique case on like why I'm continuously talking to this person, maybe I've worked like here, for example, if I've worked with someone in the past, right. Okay. I'll give them an opportunity. Maybe something's going on with them personally. That's a little bit different, but if I haven't worked with you in the past three and you're gone, like strip line looks like this isn't for you right now. I'm very direct. And I move on to the next thing. There's like no hard feelings. It's just, you're not ready for whatever this is right now. So I'm going to go find other people who are. The best kind of pains are the ones that exist right now as well. I think we talk about urgency, but one thing I really play off with, you know, we, we talk about a lot in our team is like finding pains that exist today so that we can keep referring back to that pain that exists that, that exist today so that, you know, obviously it should be an urgent matter as opposed to ones that might come for way further down the line. Um, so do remember to try and look at, you know, and especially use, use verbiage that's, um, you know, really highlighting that the issue exists today mm. for the prospect cool should we move on to the next one that's a great Ooh. question i love these questions <laughs> these questions are awesome hey y'all doing a good job with the questions for sure um hunter what a name that is is that the best sdr name that is like easily the best you were, <laughs> you were born to be an sdr i hope i'm assuming you're an sdr but you're, you're born to be an outbound salesperson that is for sure um another objection just send me an email how we uh how we handling that morgan oh yeah so look first and foremost don't get don't get fired up on this one and just send an email without asking a couple questions so 
the question that you want to immediately ask is, yeah, I'll send you an email. What exactly would you like to see? Yeah, I'll send you an email. What exactly would you like to see? Now, why do I say that? Because when you say exactly, it is then like, this is it. Like, this is what you are going to see moving forward, right? This is what I want from you. Because when someone says send me an email, it's way too broad. Because then you send them just like PDFs and documents that they don't inherently care about. So you need to figure out what do they want in this email that we couldn't solve on a call, right? So the thing is, is that if they don't give that to you, you push back and you say, hey, typically when I send people an email and it's super broad, it's not relevant to them and it just goes in their trash bin. And like, I don't want to send you something that's irrelevant and clutter your inbox even more. So could you tell me what exactly you're looking for? At that point, people realize, oh yeah, you're going to send me something and I am going to delete it. So I will give you something. So then they give you something. And then this is what we'd like to call the give get scenario. So I'm hopefully y'all are writing this process down. This is the give get scenario. The next part of this is, hey, I'm going to send you that email of exactly what you're looking for. Typically when I talk to people uh, that are, let's say a VP of sales, they find it beneficial to not only read this email and information I'm going to give to you, but also to set up a call so we can review it together. Are you free next Thursday at three to review that? So what I've done is I'm going to give you the information. So I'm still sending an email, but I'm also in return, I'm getting a call scheduled and now I'm accomplishing what you asked for, but in return, I'm getting the meeting and everybody wins. Yeah, 100%. I I, I would, um, I think I'd echo exactly, or we do exactly that here. I think um, one thing maybe that's worth adding is um, some people, or if you're getting the just send me an email or please send me an email objection a lot, um, or you're getting any single objection, like, a lot more than maybe your colleagues or other people um it can be indicative of what you're doing beforehand and so just to just while we're on the topic um the most common reason why you why people why prospects say just send me an email if it's not a brush off is because you've spoken so much and you've maybe overcomplicated things and they can't really process what you're saying in their mind so they want before committing to any next steps, they want to see it like written down in an email. So for me, as I'm a real visual learner, um, and uh, and yeah, so sometimes if, like if someone talks at me for too long, then it it's hard for me to process. So just remember that as well, Hunter. Like if you're getting that objection a lot, do also look at the start of your call um, beforehand, and 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 just just make sure that you're not like overcomplicating um, in the prospect, like your your. Yeah, you're not overcomplicating your product or service um, so much so that the uh, prospects are getting getting confused. Um, so yeah, cool. All right, what have we got next? I don't. We don't get the choice. I think it just literally. No, it's just like it's just yeah. <laughs> we have no choice. Just like here you go. Um, all right, Jan. Thank you for leaving a question. How many rejections until give up? Giving up? Um, calling the same prospect okay i'll kick off here with just a really simple point um yeah. 
there is definitely not going to be one rule for every single one of us here. And the reason is, is because every single one of us has a different sized IC, uh, different sized TAM, total addressable market. If you have one person in your whole market, just hypothetically, if you have one person in your whole market, um, and but that one person is worth, you know, 10 million for the business, then you're probably going to call them a fair amount of times, right? Um, maybe over a very extended period of time, but you'd, you know, you're probably going to try and speak to them as much as possible. But if your TAM is absolutely enormous and it's, you know, say you sell a, um, one of the biggest TAMs is any HR softwares, for example, because that could be for every single company could use it potentially. Um, then you, then you're thinking about the opportunity cost of chasing people that are rejecting you over and over again, um, v just going and, and, and speaking to the next one. So that would be my one thing before Morgan, um, Give, gives his view just one thing to c consider is i i don't think there's going to be an absolutely hard and fa fast rule for everyone on this and it does depend how many prospects in your in your tam yeah I, so i'm i'm going to give two different perspectives so rejections until you give a call on the same person i also want to expand on this question a little bit and rejections on the actual call itself because i think a lot of people might have questions around that so if you're on the call and people are saying like no not for me, right? You all have had those people who just keep saying no, no. I always tell people, give that the rule of three there. So if you're getting rejections, don't stop at the first one. Don't stop at the second one. You get a third one that you need to like pivot and possibly go somewhere else. So I wanted to add that. In terms of rejections, it's calling the same prospect. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like I've had people where I've called them. Let's say I call them today. I call them the next Tuesday. They don't remember me. I call them the following Tuesday. They don't, they don't remember me. Right. So like most people just don't remember you. It depends on the level. Here's the, here's the key about it. What was the level of rejection? If you call somebody and then they hang up on you and then you call them the next week and then you get to the value prop and then they hang up on you and then you call them the following Tuesday and you actually like get the meeting because you keep changing your value prop. Like I'd say, yeah, keep calling because their level of rejection wasn't that high. But if the level of rejection is you talk to someone for three minutes and then they rejected you, you probably shouldn't call that person again because they're most likely going to remember that, that conversation because it was a little bit more detailed. So it's not more so the how many rejections, it's what's the level of rejection. That's the key that you need to pay attention to. What was the depth and what was the length of the objection or the rejection? If you're just getting hung up on every single time you do an intro, you could change your intro for the past next five times. Until you get the fifth objection, the fifth intro, and it's right, and then now you're in the value prop. Now you close. So it's the level of of rejections, not how many. Hmm. I've got uh, uh, one of the we've we had some new starters a, a couple of months ago, and um, actually, it's just reminded me of a, a story that they had where they jumped on a call. Um, maybe first week, the prospect mentioned a competitor of ours who, you know, um, he didn't really kind of have that level of knowledge as, as to like what our battle card is against that particular competitor at the time. Um, and uh, did the call, went to his manager, reviewed the call with the manager literally immediately after. And uh, their manager um, was like, yeah, look, um, you could have said this, this and this. And fair play to, to i'm actually going to say his name because um he deserves it but Char charlie is the um one of the newer sdrs here a cognizant he instantly picks the phone back up called that prospect back up and said hey t just so you know i'm new here i'm really really sorry for calling you back but when you mentioned 
competitor, this competitor, um, I didn't know what to say, but I've been to my manager and, and um, she's told me all of this and, and then went through those, those, um, uh, you know, the, those key points again. So um, yeah, you can definitely call people back after being rejected. And maybe that's the other thing to consider is if like yep. you, you then realize new information um, and that might be through like a product development, for example, like maybe the products changed slightly and, and you can revisit someone uh someone later because now it's relevant again um so yeah really 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 good question Jan. love that um okay where are we at things just keep popping up i'm worried that nothing's gonna come up but then it just keeps on coming it just keeps coming (laughs) (laughs) all right um gamzy i hope i got that right um what is this gamzy where are you from i'd love to if, if you're in the chat i'd love to know where that that name's from i've never never seen it before um what is the success ratio of cold calling to getting a meeting in comparison to written outreach such as messages on linkedin cold mailing etc um i can give you some of our like cold hard data from cognizant um if that helps again i, I would say that it's going to really depend on who you target um if you you know generally speaking um or from my experience if you target recruiters for example they're mm. way more likely to pick up the phone because they're the nature of their role is so phone based and so their character is usually someone that wants to speak over the phone whereas if you um cold call a head of data engineering uh, versus like emailing them then then it might be different and again it's similar on linkedin like you find that the majority of people actively using linkedin tends to be more sales focused um uh marketing focused etc comparatively to 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 people in in kind of back office roles so there is going to be some variables there but um if for every conversation that we have cold calling you you know we're looking at about 20 percent um you know somewhere between it depends on on each individual but somewhere between a 10 to 20 percent conversion rate on um getting a meeting uh comparatively to our e- uh, cold mailing which we're getting about a four percent response from uh linkedin is makes it almost impossible to track the data um but yeah. i know that it's you know like we're not getting a 20 percent response rate on on linkedin either so um cold, cold calling for us is by far and away our, our most successful channel um we're getting um uh you know it's 60 percent of all of our meetings are booked over the phone right now but our icp is sales and marketing which again tends to suit so yeah that's the card cold hard numbers uh from us but Morgan, you've worked with many companies, so I'm sure you have some really great insight here. Yeah, I would definitely lean on the data that you presented. I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, I could come up with different metrics and data points for you. Yeah, overall, right, it'd be, they're not going to be as relevant. The most important thing that you need to do is you need to look at what you are doing and keep track of your own success ratios. Because it's just, it's just varies so much, like from region to persona to team to company size. It's really hard to pinpoint this and, and, to, and to do that for you. Um, the best place to go for this information actually would be HubSpot. If you really want to go look it up, you can go Google HubSpot um, outbound. I think it's like outbound stats. And it tells you all these different things uh, more than I can. What, what I would encourage you to do, though, is be your own sample size. What is your current cold call? conversion rate what is your current conversion rate through linkedin through emails etc that will help you get a comparison analysis to figure out where to spend your time across the board 
be your own sample size, use your own data sets, and then lean and then lean on that. Awesome. Hope that helps answer your question, Gabzi. It's relentless. All right. <laughs> and I don't want to say anything else because the one comes so, so quickly. All right. Uh, Vic, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for your question. Um, what are your thoughts regarding pain-based or career progress type conversations around bringing your solution on board, AKA this could really help you take the next step in your career if you were to champion the solution. Ooh, I like this. I love, I love this in discovery. I don't, I don't like this on a cold call unless you really, unless you've built like really good rapport, but coming on a cold call as a hook being like, Hey, I'm going to help you take the next step in your career. You're going to be like, I don't know you yet. Right. They're going to be like, relax on a discovery call. This is amazing. I've, I've done this on multitude of different discovery calls that I've done when I was running a full sales cycle role. And one thing I would recommend here uh, for you, Vic is looking at, I mean, you're probably doing this looking at their LinkedIn profile. If somebody just got promoted or, someone has been in a role for a very long time. Those are two scenarios where you can ask that question or you've seen them in the same type of role for a long time. So maybe they've been like manager, manager, manager. Maybe you could be like, Hey, like what, what can I help you to get to director? Maybe that's where I don't know if they want to go, but just asking the question on how can I help you personally advance in your career is an amazing question to ask people when you see those different scenarios. If they just join an organization, that means they're looking to make a splash or potentially get a promotion, right? Someone's been in a position for a long time. They might be looking to move up or they may not be. There's scenarios where people just don't want to do anything, but that's there. And then there's another scenario as well where you can look at it and be like, hey, like this person's been in the same type of role for a while. Let me then have a conversation with them on, you know, what from a role perspective and where they're trying to go. So I love this question. I would continuously do it if you can, if those scenarios fit. Do you think, Morgan, just on this, like um, this is maybe more something you would switch to if um, perhaps you're speaking to someone with influence as opposed to decision-making power, someone that's below below oh, the line. That's a great point. Yeah, I'm not going to ask the CRO, do you want to become the CEO, right? <laughs> like, like we're not having that conversation. Even VPs, like I'm not having that conversation. This is someone who is in manager, director role. They're looking to get into some type of executive presence that's what i'm looking for mm. we've had tons of success recently in reaching out to um you know individual uh contributors so for us obviously that's the individual frontline salespeople. Yeah. um mostly as like an info gathering tactic to then help us um you know like um move upwards now the rule here is that we can't actually book um individual contributors in for demonstrations we don't want our AE spending their time there but really like it's a great tactic from for you know um uh, you know, moving up the ranks and, and, uh, and, you know, this could be a really great way of like getting individual contributors to champion it to their managers as well. Um, especially kind of, you know, uh, like people that are just dying out of their career and actually career progression is what they're so totally focused on and hooked by. So yeah, there's definitely some like really good, good, good examples of cases that you could use this for. Uh, but generally, I, I, again, I'd agree with Morgan. It's not, I wouldn't open a cold call um, talking about their career. Yeah. Um, cool. Love that, Vic. Really, really, really great question. Um, what do we got next? It's coming. <laughs> I know, I I'm like starting to look every single time. Right. Um, from Joe, in a multiple service consultancy, how many of the services would you pitch to prospects? 
can do video if needed. I'll, I'll tackle since I've, I've sold services and still do to, to a certain degree. So Joe, what I would tell you is that you, you want to take an approach. I call it a dart approach when you're, when you're, well, actually, well, when you're saying pitching, Joe, let me, let me, let me clarify before I go into my answer. Are you saying pitching as in like the potential, like you're prospecting to get a meeting or pitching like you're in the discovery call at this point? Cause my answer is going to be a little bit different on this prospecting. Okay, cool. So what you're going to do is you're going to bucket each service and then you're going to label under that. What does each, which problem does each service solve? And then what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do a uh, dart approach. So just like I'm, I like playing darts, but the best way to think about it is each thing that you do right from email or you know, whatever it is calling, you're having a different dart approach. So you're reaching out to somebody and you are offering them this service that doesn't work. Cool. You offer them another service and another service and another service. You don't know what they're looking to accomplish yet because you haven't gotten on the discovery yet. So the, the key part is you want to use multiple different pieces of messaging and use it on a dart approach to then see which one lands. You don't want to, you don't want to also, you also, what you don't want to do Why I'm saying a dart approach is you don't want to have an email and say, here are five services that we offer. It's too overwhelming and it overcomplicates it for the reader. You want to say, Hey, here's one that doesn't work. Cool. Here's one that doesn't work. All right, whatever. And you keep going and throwing these darts until one of them is a bullseye. So that's how I go about it. Just to be devil's advocate a little bit, Morgan, because um, I've never sure, sold. I, I've always sold like pretty much one service, uh, yep. essentially. Um, is there not the danger of the Dart approach? Or like, how would you, I'm sure you get prospects that kind of say no to the first one. And then that really, you know, and they're like, okay, no, we don't really need that buy. Do you find that happens more often? And, and I'd be interested, like how you kind of get yeah. around that a little bit. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. So typically what you would like to do is based on, and Joe, you, you may have the data on this. You, you, you probably do is there's a service that people typically probably lean on more than the other ones. So we were to say, okay, we're just going to lean on this one first calling email, et cetera, to not overcomplicate it for that person. Now there is a scenario where, yeah, people have been like, well, I'm currently not interested into that. Okay. Then it's like, Hey, like, completely cool. There's other things that we offer. And then that's when you go broad. So then you're saying, here are the three different things we offer. Let's just say it's on a phone call because we're talking about cold prod. So then it's like, yeah, like if we understand you don't not into that, there's like three other things that people are typically interested to one, two, and three. Is that currently on your radar? Yes, no. And then now I can pivot to the other three things. But I find that when you lead with the initial one that people really want to talk about, that normally is the thing. And if it's not, then I can pivot to the other ones. So I start very like, concise and then i narrow that's the way that i typically coach people however there is another school of thought where people go super broad and then they narrow down uh and that's just the way of doing it but i'm thinking this in terms of email like i would spread it out in terms of the call i, I come in hey this is what we help solve okay oh okay well here's the other three things that we also do as well love that thanks so much for the question joe question joe Okay, one well, of the best times to call prospects and how often. Another one I re feel really passionate about. More Every minute. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, I 
I think that the best time to call is um, whenever you feel good um, about it, because um, yeah. a lot of the chances of conversion is based on 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 your psyche. And I think just in principle, it's um, you. I, I think people can get trapped by believing that like the only good time to call is like a very particular time um and so you you're going to end up in a situation where um you know when you're calling at the other times you're like well this is a bad time to call mm -hmm. um and so just yeah in general like having the attitude for me having the attitude of like it's it's a good time to call right now uh, or like also all the time is the best way forward i can i can literally tell you a million reasons why it's the the best time to call is a 8 a.m. and the, the best time to call is at midday and then the best time to call is at 3 p.m. right like I've heard I've heard it all but I generally would just say like every time is the best to call saying that if you've got great tools we we're fortunate to be fortunate enough to be outreach co uh, customers there it does actually give you some data back in terms of like when you're having success at certain times but to be honest with you it's something that we have but we don't act on for, for that exact reason so um, I think you can grab that data um morgan I, I think you it sounds like you echo my sentiments there i echo, I echo you I, I don't think it's anything too crazy uh, i think at the end of the day like um something that i've always just leaned towards is calling people right before they go i mean it's virtual now so it's a little bit different but calling people right before work right like right like maybe like around like eight or eight times good and then right when people are starting to like sign off right so like 4 45 to like 5 45 those are good peak hours, but I think everything you just said is spot on. Yeah. I love Fridays. Personally, I, I love Fridays. I think that's the day that people waste because, you know, it's getting to the weekend. But Friday afternoons is the time where my prospects are kind of kicking back a little bit. Um, and, and you know, I, I found connection rates drop if I got them on the phone. Because there's two things here, right? It's like how many conversations I'm having about how effective those conversations are. And so if my prospects are a little bit more relaxed, I'm more likely to have a positive result as well. So, mm. um, yeah, you just, you know, you can, you can, it's, it's easy enough or it's theoretically easy enough to track the data. Um, but generally if you're a, if you're a manager or, or to be honest, an individual contributor, I think try and not lean into it too much and, and have the mentality of like every time is a good time. Yep. Um, cool. All right. Thanks so much KK for the question is the next one coming here it is all right joe what is the best way to handle gatekeepers it's an age-old um age-old one that we uh, we tend to get a lot actually morgan people yeah we've, struggling yeah we've talked we've talked about this quite a bit and you probably have all heard me talk about on how to handle this i think we'll talk about theory uh, as part of this and also as well as we wrap up here hopefully everyone found this helpful if you did let us know in the chat uh First, the theory is you want to think about the gatekeeper as an ally, right? You don't want to come in and be hostile and angry. I think that's where people go wrong. <laughs> people go wrong when they do that. So don't do that. What you want to think about is how can I get them on my side, right? And so what I always tell people how to approach this is when you are calling a gatekeeper, and I've said this again and over and over again, is you want to ask the simple question, can you help me? This question is going to dramatically change the conversation because when you ask someone can you help me they're gonna be like oh yeah how can i help and then that way whatever you say next they're more prone to give you or they're more prone to help you in whatever that is whether it's referring to somebody or sending you somewhere like it doesn't really matter they're going to be more willing to help you so don't come into the situation being like hey i'm morgan ingram from cognizant 
they're not going to care and they're going to treat you like every other rep. And I don't want that for you all. So start the conversation with, can you help me? In return, psychologically, they will want to help you because you ask for help. And then you tell them what you want, whether it's a person, information, et cetera, they will be more open to hearing you out. Love that. I think um, I've always got to use this moment to plug Cognizant. Obviously, yeah, do, of course. Do your, be- do your best to get actual mobile numbers yeah. um, from, from com- – uh, there are plenty of data sources. Please check out all our competitors as well, but you'll end up coming to Cognizant anyway. But definitely look at your data sources if you can and and, and get ones with those mobiles because gatekeepers are tough. It's, it is their job. I think like let's we've got to remember it is their job generally to filter out salespeople. Um, one of the questions that you usually get from a gatekeeper is what is the purpose for your call? And mm-hmm. my favorite line was always, look, I was uh, uh, just calling to schedule a meeting. Um, that one, you know, I, I, one thing, one mistake that I find a lot of um, SDRs do is, is spend a lot of time actually pitching, ending up pitching the gatekeeper. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're usually not in that line of work that you're, you know, the, the, um, that you're hoping to get through to. And therefore um, that it's kind of a bit of a waste of time there. So just be careful on that. Um, Cool. All right. Any, should we move on to the next one? Thank you for that question, Joe. Yeah. We're flying. We answered a lot of questions. I know. Um, Hi, Nick. Um, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for tuning in. Um, So Nick is a real estate in real estate SaaS um, and texting seems to be the preferred method of communication among realtors. Um, I manage the sales team and I'm adap- adapting to this, but still believe cold calling is important. Any suggestions to gain buy-in for cold calling in this scenario? Mm. Gain buy-in. Buy-in from the team? Uh, is, that, is that more so what, what, we're, what we're aiming at here? I or think buy-in? so. Okay, yeah. So in order to get buy-in from anything, people need to see the results. So I would find, Nick, one to two people, three if possible, on your team who's willing to take cold calling to the next level. So they're going to probably do two to three X output than everybody else. And your goal is going to be using them as the, let's say, beacon of why we should be doing more cold calls. And by doing that, then you're going to start seeing more success across the board. So that's just something to keep in mind. Hmm. Nick, I'm interested in um, why you think cold calling is important if you know texting's going so well. I don't know whether you've got time to quickly um, post that in. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm, an, I'm a numbers guy. I, I think, like, often when I'm trying to champion things, like, I prove it in, in graphs and data with the team. That's honestly something as uh, objective of, uh, as, as objective as that is always super powerful. I've got graphs that I pull up all the time of like more, the more calls you make, the more demos and opportunities you create. I've got uh, graphs that show that um, coming into our office makes you a a better performer, which I know against goes against the grain, but is why why I'm sat here right now. Um, I think you have the buzz. Okay. He's right. Yeah, for sure. I think also as well, like you, this is, this is a little bit different scenario. You can do um, you can do a incentive based as well. Like you could give people more of an incentive for booking demos through the call, right? You could give them an extra commission. I'm just throwing things out there that I've seen in the past that have been done. But I I just like the champion. The champion piece it makes it easier. People are like, wait, this person's doing better than me because they're doing this thing now. It just gets everybody excited. Mm. And I think sometimes as well, I'm, I'm uh, 
when you say Nick, I think you have the ability to adapt the convo and ask more questions. I imagine that like me, um, it's not just about the meeting, but actually the the quality of the operate uh, like opportunity that you're you're making. And sometimes SDRs can be too focused on just like an, a meeting booked, for example. So maybe it's mm -hmm. as well like highlighting the stuff further down the funnel that might be better, uh, um, might perform the those KPIs that perform better um, when. Uh, we're having like an initial call first as opposed to just focusing on the, the meetings booked. It's a really, really interesting one. I think, I think uh, there's a bunch of managers in here that will be having like really similar problems. So I'm so glad that you, uh, you brought this one up, Nick. Morgan, I don't know whether you've got any other points or whether we've got time for literally one more. I mean, we have one more that we can do. Yeah. Let's, that's a quick one. Okay. So from Deepak, when someone agrees for a meeting and doesn't show up, how can you politely get them on a call again when they pick up? Mm. Okay. So they picked up the phone. I think um, the best way to do this is I would schedule the meeting first and foremost within 48 hours if you can. So they remember. <laughs> most people most people don't show up because they don't remember. And there's probably certain things that you're this is there's probably certain things that might not be happening on why people don't show up. So what I would do is I would say, hey, um, looks like that we were both busy and we weren't able to make this meeting. I uh, want to see if you'd be open to rescheduling it so we could talk about X. Yeah, I'm open to it. Great. Let's schedule you a time. It's Tuesday right now. Let's schedule a, a time tomorrow, Wednesday at like, I don't know, 3 p.m., right? Great. So now we got time on the calendar. My next step would be, all right, now that we have time on the calendar, I'm going to send a, I'm going to send a, like a, like an agenda before the call to let them know what the call is going to be about so they don't miss it. Most people, the reason that the show rates are super low is because they don't send what the call is going to be about the next day. Each person that you're talking to that's a decision maker has a million meetings a day. And their whole goal is how can I get meetings off my calendar so I can actually do my work? So if you're not telling people why they should show up to the meeting, yeah, they're not going to show up because like, why would I? So those are just things that you need to be thinking about uh, as you get the person back on the line. Really interesting. I would just add, we've got 32 seconds. So I'll try and make this as quick as possible. But I would just add um, that one thing that we're doing right now is once we get the agreement on the meeting, we're actually giving them an out and we're saying, hey, just by the way, is there anything that any reasons why you might not show up to this meeting? Um, and by giving them that out, like usually, you know, usually they say, no, no, it looks great. And it reaffirms it in their mind. But it also means if they have like even slight bits of doubt, they're going to tell us. And, and that's been super effective. And I think is especially effective in, in rescheduling. So uh, maybe something that you can you can try out Deepak and let us know. Um, all right. I think that's all the time that we have available today. Morgan, any any final remarks? No, that's it. Let us know in the chat if you enjoyed it today. Uh, you know, we are continuously doing these well we are i think we have one in the next in the next two weeks here coming that it's coming soon so if you enjoyed it let us know in the chat obviously we love everybody's feedback uh, and continue this going and yeah we'll see you all next time yeah thank you so much for everyone tuning in we genuinely really appreciate your time and uh as as morgan said